ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Oh, 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 to me. 
time He took for himself He was more concerned For everybody else I wanna be more like him Every day And everywhere I wanna be more like Jesus That's why I put my life in his hands oh. Friday, 
if it was just his words, the words should be finished by now. <laughs> How many of you know that? that by now the words should be finished. Yeah. But I'm glad to tell you that tonight we have a vessel that continually carries the freshest oil of God for our lives. And I'm confident that tonight as you listen to him, God's word for you today, tonight, this Saturday is what you are about to hear. So if you can, if you can, I want you to stand to your feet with me tonight. It's a sign of honor. I want you to clap your hands the hardest you can. If you want to add a shout, please do that and help me. And let's invite to this pulpit the Bishop Edwin Morgan. Oh God, come on, make some noise tonight. Like an air cathedral. I can't hear you tonight. says the entrance of the word brings light you want to ask the Lord to shine his light into your life shine his light into your path shine his light into your mind let the light shine let the light shine we thank you father for your light we know our lives will never be the same again in Jesus name amen Amen. you may please be seated tonight I want to welcome you to the freshest service in the Makane Cathedral It's fresh, it's beautiful, it's a blessing. 
and it's filled with the presence of God. Tonight, it looks like I'm bringing the series on your peculiar life to an end. And um, there are seven great principles of a peculiar life. And every Christian ought to understand these principles. But the end of these principles is that your life must be different from what pertains around you. If you are a born again Christian, if you've received the Lord, obviously, your life must be different from those who have not received the Lord. And not everybody has received the Lord. In fact, not everybody is interested in God. Not everybody wants God. So there is such a phrase in the Bible as, as many as received him. As many as received him. To them, Gave he power to become the sons of God. As many as received him. Which means that some people do not receive. In fact, the verse before captures this reality. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Let's not bother about who is his own or who is not his own for now. The point is that some people did not receive him. Then the next verse talks about some people who received him. Ladies and gentlemen, it cannot be that both those who received him and those who did not receive him will be the same. Depending on what you have received, you look different from those who have not received the same thing. When somebody receives education, his life is different from someone who has not received education. His understanding is different from someone who has not received education. Receiving something makes you different. It should. 
Otherwise, what is the point? That is why I told you yesterday or two days ago that if you take a five-year-old boy from Winneba and another five-year-old boy from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, based on the type of food they have received. You see, one has received a certain type of diet. Another has received a certain type of diet. Or let me say, another has not received the diet the other received. When you put them together, even the inspection of the skin, the skin, Not everyone who is slim is genetic. The slimness is genetic. No, no. What you receive changes you. You may not see it today, but give him a few months to a few years. What you constantly receive changes you. Constantly. Not everyone who is lean is genetically lean. It's because of what he has not received. I don't know, tonight, all I want you to understand is that when you receive something that someone has not received, you are different. If I have $50,000 right now and I give it to this brother on my right, even his behavior will be different from this brother's here. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you must be different. You must be different. It doesn't make sense that you receive Jesus and you are the same as the unbeliever friends around you who have not received Jesus. Your life is the same. Your choices are the same. How you spend your time is the same. What you do with your time is the same. Then it is questionable that you've not that you've received something. A set of twins. Beautiful girls. 27, 27. One got married five months ago. One is, so these days I hear that the twins all want the same man, the same husband. Yes, it's in, I've read it. No, because the argument is that multiple women are sharing the same man anyway. So if we are twins, what is the problem? Because it's very painful for a twin to have something that the other twin doesn't have. Then because one is married, married five months ago, she received something and the other twin did not receive that thing. 
you see that one after five months is looking different from the other one. They are twins. Identical twins. But one has received something which causes the bloating of the abdomen. You must have something to show that you received Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Bishop. When I stand with you and I have received Jesus and you haven't received Jesus, there must be a point where we depart. If we can never see a difference, then it is possible I have not received Jesus Christ. So Paul saw some guys who called themselves disciples of Christ. And he doubted that they were true disciples. And when he interrogated, he found that he was right. And the guys were not the real, were not really disciples of Christ. Because he asked, Are you born again? Yes, we are born again. How come you are not looking like born again? It's okay. So he asked, now, Have you received the Holy Spirit? He said, What? Is it a drink? Or it's a type of meal. He said, we are, no, he said, we have not even heard. We have not so much as even heard what the Holy Spirit is. We've not heard. And then it went on and on. And Paul baptized them in the Holy Spirit. Because someone who has not received the Holy Spirit looks a certain way. Behaves a certain way, lives a certain way, understands things a certain way. There is always something to show for what you have received. Now, tonight, it's a brief message I'm sharing with you, which is, I think, the seventh principle. I think. What is the first principle? Of a peculiar life. After you are born again, let's all read it. I think it's on the screen. One go. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to become a peculiar person with a peculiar life. Accept it. Accept it. A woman who has received a man into her life as a married woman must accept that she is different from a woman who has not received a man into her life. They can't live the same way. I said, based on what you have received, you must accept that you are different. Accept it. And Look forward to being different and fight for that difference. Live for that difference. Principle number two. After you are born again, I can't hear you. One go. By physical separation. 
you separate yourself. That's why I said you must fight for that peculiarity. It doesn't just drop on you. Yes, you can lose it. Fight to be different by separating yourself. You must get the message. I've already preached it. And I love what I said on this point when I came to Psalm 1. That blessed is the one man. Yes. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Yes. You can, you, you can interpret them to be anything you want to interpret them to be. But sit, you cannot sit where they sit. Yes, you cannot sit where they sit. Physically, you cannot stand where they are standing. If we come to where sinners congregate and you are there, it's a sign that you have not met Christ. You cannot sit where they sit. Neither can you walk where they walk. And obviously cannot stand where they stand. I pray that God will give you the grace to separate yourself. Receive the grace to separate yourself. It is required of you to separate yourself. Number three. One goal. You are set apart by your pure and holy lifestyle. Which is an offshoot of the second principle. Once you are separating yourself from sinners, it means you are attaching yourself. It's also another step to take. You don't just separate yourself from sinners and remain neutral. No. You begin to live a certain way by companying with people who live that way. And when you belong to a church like this, you must ask yourself, who lives a holy life? That is the person who must be your friend. Number four. After you are, I can't hear you now. One goal. Again, you are set apart. By the motivation of your life. Number five. Keeping of the Sabbath. Try to keep the Sabbath. There should be a day. At least a certain part of a day. That you don't share with anybody. 
but you give that to God. An example is this time we are seated here. This Saturday evening is our Sabbath. It's our Sabbath. It's a time, whether you have overtime, you have bonus, you have whatever, nothing should be able to take this time from you. Yes. It's a time, that's why there's such a phrase as block the date. Block the date. Save the date. Block the date. Block the time. Save the time. If you are a Christian, a point of difference is that you are not ready to exchange your Sabbath for anything. Anything. You may lose friends. You may lose relations. It is worth it. God wants you to commit your life to him. Even apart from the time you go to church. You must have other Sabbaths. I think when I was teaching that point, I spoke about rituals. Rituals. Any Christian who does not have rituals is a bad Christian. Yes. We have tried to demonize the word rituals. We have given it a certain negative connotation. But you don't know you have rituals. When you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth. It's a ritual. Those who don't brush their teeth have a certain life. Without that ritual, you will not be socially acceptable. Rituals. Apart from Saturday evening where you come to church, you've blocked the time that no one, nothing comes, business contract, business meeting, whatever, old boys, family, whatever, I'm in church. You must also block certain times where you, I taught you that there were times people just went to sit down to hear Peter and Co. went into the synagogue on the Sabbath to preach. Believe God to have a preaching Sabbath. Some Wednesday evening, some Tuesday evening, some Monday evening where you, you, you have people you teach. It will help you. That act and art of teaching imparts something to you. At least you'll be obeying Matthew 28 that go and teach somebody. When you go to school, I don't know what type of education we have in the country now, but when we had real education, I mean, we, 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 even in the school, we had discussion groups. And in the discussion group, there were, we, we took turns to share something. And we noticed that the more we shared something, the more we understood the subject. Just by speaking it out. Just by talking. 
You understood it. That those who were mute got F's. Yes. There is something about speaking. There is something about muttering. It deepens your understanding. Principle number five. Have we done that one? Yes. Principle number six. After you are born again, you are set apart to become a peculiar person with your peculiar tithing habits. Tithing. I said, fight to be different. And one of the areas you'll be different from the unbeliever is that you respect God's role in your life enough to want to give him a tenth of your increase. Even if there was no tithe, the word tithe wasn't in the Bible, you should want to have a certain relationship with God. That Lord, if you give me this, even, if, even the government of Ghana, when they give you money in your office, they, 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 there is an amount they take from it. Yes. Even the human, human institutions understand that what is given to you cannot be yours. A government that may not be even responsible for the money you've earned. Even a gift. Even a gift. There's something called a gift tax. When they are sharing their money, wherever they share the money, you don't get some. When they are sharing their things, do you get some? Yeah. When you go with a pickaxe, and a shovel and a hammer and you and you and you and you beat your body out to work that money you have worked for the government still wants some of that money how much more the god who gave you that life we don't even have to discuss titan if we have to discuss titan it means that you are discussing Titan with an evil and a wicked person. A godless person. Which, by the way, is the hallmark of the unbeliever. The, 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 which God? They don't even believe he exists. And those who believe he exists, believe he exists for somebody. Obviously, he has no part to play in my life. I don't need him. I don't want him. He has nothing to do with me. I'm living my life. I'm moving. I don't care about him. There's no part of my life that has lived to honor or respect no God. He's nothing to me. That's how they think. So obviously, when he gets a million dollars, there's nothing like any God to give what to. But not you. Mm. Unless you are like them. No. Unless you are like them. And nothing stops you from being like them. If you are like the unbeliever, then declare that you are an unbeliever. If you are a believer, tithing shouldn't be a discussion. You should even say based on your understanding of what it took for you to earn that money, you will not even give him one over ten. You will give him two over ten. Yes. You are set apart. And truly, 
God's people in the Old Testament. It was the tithe which set them apart. Today, I want to talk about the seventh principle of a peculiar life. And that is, after you are born again, you are set apart to become a peculiar person with distinctive blessings. Distinctive blessings. Because you are born again. Because you are born again. Can you listen to this as we close? God didn't save you to destroy you. You are too small for him to benefit from destroying you. Anyone God saved, anyone God called, he had a mind to bless him. God wants to bless you. That's all. And that blessing on your life makes you different from everybody. It makes you different. But unfortunately, today's believer is not looking for God's point of difference that comes from the blessing. We are fighting with the unbelievers for, at the rubbish dump. What they are fighting to get, we are with them. Rat racing with them. Cutting corners with them. Being funny with them. Being evil with them. But I want you to know today, if you are truly a child of God, can I tell you something? God's mind about you is that he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. When he saves you, you see, the, the original picture of salvation, original, that God introduced to humankind was in Genesis chapter 12. Original picture of salvation. Original. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. So, we in, in, in Bible, in theology, we call it a type. It's a type. I'm reading to you what salvation is. He is about to save a man called Abram. The man we now know as Abraham. Abraham. Even his name changed. Yes. That's, that, that's God. You see, there is nothing wrong with being born again and even taking on a new name. Yes, a, a new name. I mean, your name is 
because you are born again, you, 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 you add Christabel yes, to show that you are born. A, a, a name change didn't start from slave trade. Was a Christian name. What is Christian name? Anything to show that you are not the same. So when Abraham met God, when he really was saved, his name changed from Abraham to Abraham. And that wasn't the first. There will be many more people who would meet God in the Bible, not in poetry. In the Bible, whose name would change. And a name change signifies a change of identity. Identity. Because you, if I say, Francis, why are you? Francis. No, many of you will not stand up because you're not Francis. I don't know if there's even any Francis here now. Is there a Francis here? Francis. There's one here. Can you stand up, Francis? Please sit down. If there is a Francis here, can he stand up? Francis, stand up. You see that nobody stood up. Only the one who is called by that name stood up. Your identity is based on the name you are bearing. So if a name is on you, it changes, it means something. It means something. It's your identity. My dear friends, let's not joke and reduce a life as great as our salvation to mere church attendance. Don't do that. Once again, you'll be like the proverbial whoever I want to, I don't want to use the name, who would find a diamond and use it to kill lizards. Because you can kill a lizard with a diamond. Let's forget about the lizard. We don't eat lizards. You can kill a bird with a diamond. There were these birds we used to eat when we were children. Oko. I don't know by that name. Pigeon. No. It was a very juicy bird. Like we use a, a catapult to kill it. Yeah, brown. It's, it's Oko. 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 If you use a diamond to kill Oko, you've earned something. You've had a bed. If you grill it with pepper or pepper soup. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. What is it? Oko. 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 A diamond. If you, if, you, if you use it to kill a bird, you've got a nice pepper soup with oko. But you and I know that you can get far more from a diamond than a bird you have killed. Far. You can even buy the forest the bird is in. Your salvation is far more than just attending church. Wearing some dress and coming to church. Get it right. There is a blessing for you. God said to Abraham, 
get out of your country. Because salvation truly means getting out. Come out of them. You want to be with them, be with them. As you are with them. As you are mixing with them. God says that if you want to walk with him, get out of your country. It's a nation. There are nations within a nation. It's a nation of swindlers, a nation of thieves, a nation of liars. Whatever group. And I like that, you know, there's no translation which has the word kindred. But I like the King James, the way it is. Kindred means that your kind. Your kind. It's a very old word. But it means your, your kind. Your kind. Your classmates. Your kind. Your age group. The girl. What your kind does. Stop it and come out. If you are a young boy, your kind is into betting. Come out of your kindred. Come out. If you are a pretty girl, very, very buxom and attractive, likely your kind, they are slave queens and side chicks and fornicators. You, your kind, come out. I'm not talking about the one with one right red eye, one white eye. When you smile, we don't know whether you are angry or you are happy. Yes, I'm talking about human beings. Come out! Come out. People with a lot of money. Lo- I'm not talking about your sister Ghana. A lot of money. They behave a certain way. You with a lot of money, come out of them. That's salvation. And from thy father's house, don't you know who your father is? Your father, you are of your father, the devil. Before you meet God, your father is the devil. Come out of his house. Come out of the club. Come out of the betting parlor. Come out of the casino. Come out of the fornication den. Come out of your father's house. Onto a land. The concept of salvation does not start with Jesus and his blood and the cross. Indeed, the entire New Testament is drawn from the Old Testament. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus was preached not with the New Testament. don't get me you don't understand what I'm saying when Philip went to Gaza in Acts is it 18 8 and met the Ethiopian Enoch sitting on in his chariot muttering to himself Isaiah 
There was no New Testament verse. But from that Isaiah, from there, because there is no verse in the Bible you cannot use to preach about Jesus the Christ. No verse. Every single verse in the Bible. My time is up. I would have done that exercise with you. Show me a verse in the Bible. Show me any verse. Nahum, Leviticus, any verse. I can talk about Christ. I mean, not, not the New Testament, of course. That's, that, that's too easy. Should we try some four verses? Give me any four altars, any verse. Be wicked a little. Be a little wicked. And take me to... I mean, deep inside the crevices of the Old Testament. Any verse. Nahum 1.1 The burden of Nineveh. The book of the vision of Nahum the El Koshite, the burden of Nineveh, the burden, the, a man called Nineveh had a burden and God also had a burden. His burden was to save mankind, to come to seek and to save the lost. That was God's burden. No wonder Nineveh also had a burden. And God's burden is to see you saved. And if you bow your head right now, that burden God has for you. will come to pass. Your salvation will come to pass. The book of the vision of Nahum. This was a book. Nahum had a book. In which he wrote his vision. There is also a book that God has written his vision for your life. That book is a Bible. And if you will care to read that Bible, your salvation will come from that. That this is not the only book. God also has a book. There is no verse you can use, you cannot use to talk about Jesus. Give me another verse. Oh, please change the verse. This one is not good. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive. I'm the, the, the verse itself is preaching to you. Give me something. Yes. She can't find the verse. Obadiah 1 7. All the men. Of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. This is how man is. That a man eating with you, pretending to love you, pretending to be your friend. They appear to be at peace with you. But they say that they are the ones, they are the ones who have laid a wound under you. But I know a man whose love is greater than the love of a man. His name is Jesus. And his love is called the greater love. He will not deceive you. If you give your life to him, you will know you have surrendered to a true savior. Apart from Jesus, every other love, anyone pretending to be at peace with you, 
is deceiving you. The point I am making is that your life as a Christian is bigger than just attending church. And he came to Abraham and said, get out. Get out. Get out. You can't claim to be with God and be a part. This is a type of salvation. This is where it begins. Coming out. Where? From, from, from your father's house. Where? To a land I'll show you. Why is it a land God will show you? It's a la- why, why will God not say that? Leave your father's house and go to Tema Community 4. I said verse. verse Tema Community 4. House number 112 stroke 8. If God were to tell you, leave your father's house and go to Tema Community 4. House number 118 stroke 3. It means you don't need God again. Because you know where you are going. But if he says he will show you. It means you are constantly going to depend on him for direction every day. He will, he will be your guide. That's what the hymn writer said. Captain of Israel's hosts and guide of all who seek the land above. Beneath thy shadow we abide. Yes. Beneath. We, 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 are, we, are, we, we, we are depending on you. If God were to tell you how your end is and where you are going to go, you will need him. But you, he says he will show you. So you will pray to him every day. Yes. And depending on, good, on God is your good. Yes. It is good to draw near. David said, it is good. Nearness to God is my good. Once you know the destination, you don't need God again. But if you don't know the destination, you will be forced to call him at every junction. Every junction. Should I turn left? Say turn left. So when I get there, when I get to the next junction, where do I turn? Say when do you get there? Call me. And you call and call and call till you are one or two. So you can depend on God to a land that I, God, I will show. Just keep moving, baby. Keep moving and keep trusting me that I will show you. And each time, every junction, I will guide you. I, I, am, I am the captain of Israel's host. And I'm their guide. Yes. I'm their guide. Constantly. Where do I turn? Where do I go? That's why as many of you don't pray. You don't pray because you feel you've arrived. Yes. You don't pray because you feel you've got it. But the land that I will show you and that person who has come out of his kindred, out of his country, out of his father's house and is constantly depending on God to the end what is the testimony of that person? Verse 2 and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee if you are truly working with God Expect a blessing. blessing. You know, I checked. I wanted to know what a blessing meant. What is a blessing? A blessing is a thing. Webster's. Merriam-Webster. 
explains what a blessing is. He said, a thing conducive to happiness or welfare. Anything which is conducive to your happiness or your welfare. In other words, the, the Webster gave some words which are synonymous. And these are the words. Benefits. Mana. A windfall. But one word which thrilled me as a synonym for blessing is good. Good. Yes. It's a, when you walk with God, he will make your life good. Anything that, in fact, the antonyms, Webster gave the antonyms, the opposite of blessing is affliction, pain, curse, evil, plague, a scourge. And many in life are living under a scourge of evil. A blessing means good. 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 Life must be good for you. That's why we work with God. Life must be good for you. Is begging good? Is stealing good? That's why he said, a thousand shall fall at that side. When others experience evil, a child of God who is born again must experience good. Good. He said, and I will bless you and make thy name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless you. I will bless you. That is, you will experience good things. How many of you want to experience good things? Blessing is a part of your Christian life. My dear friend, when God saves you, when God brings you out of your kindred, your father's house, your country, his mind is that he wants to make you great. There is no one God calls to reduce. There's no instruction in the word of God that is meant to reduce you. Not even the pain of titan giving of offerings. There is no instruction in the Bible that is meant to reduce you. It's rather your disobedience that reduces you. It's rather your disobedience that prevents you from blossoming. That prevents you from growing. To become beautiful and nice. God wants to make you nice. I said God wants. Because, because, because. You see, in life, most people are not nice. Most people in life are not blessed. Because the opposite of a blessing is a curse. And Isaiah 24 verse 6 says that the curse has, has devoured the entire earth. And only a few men are left. Most people are cursed. 99% of us in this room are cursed. 
I said 99.9% of us are living under a curse without, see, you may live your life and never hear or use the word curse on you. But you are living a cursed life. You don't need, like, like I, 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 I tell you, I don't need to say to you, I have cursed you. You are cursed. I've cursed you. You are cursed. You don't need to do that. There's no point in doing that. I can just say, you'll be looking for water all the time. That's all. You'll be looking for water all the time. Have I used, have I used curse? Have I cursed you? So you'll be looking for, the, for water all the time. If someone says that, you will never get up from the ground. Last talk. Jesus met a tree and told the tree. He was looking for something he couldn't get. For whatever reason, let's not discuss it. When he was passing, he said, you, you won't give me something? Well, then no, nobody will eat fruit of you again. Many of you have been cursed by your mother, your father, your sister, your auntie, your somebody. But the person didn't use the word curse. So you think you are free. That no man will eat fruit from you anymore. I mean, that's nothing. I mean, a tree may stand somewhere that no man will even see and eat fruit. But the next day, it was Peter who used the, he, Peter, used the word curse. He said, the thick tree which you cursed has died. Jesus never used the word curse. If your mother tells you, am I the one you are talking to like that? It's over for you. If your father asks you, did you point your finger at me? That's all. That's all. And some of you sitting here may never get off the ground because of behaviors you have behaved. You may never get off the ground. You are stuck like a tortoise. And nobody has used the word curse on you. But you are, you are an accursing living around. You've taken somebody's money. Doing business with him. So you will buy him this. You will buy a car for him. You are bringing the car from Belgium. You will give him this. You will get his land. You will buy land. You will give him a house. You will rent a house. And the person can't find you. And when the person thinks of you, a certain chemical enters his chest. It's all for you. Honor your father and your mother. That it will be well with you. If you don't honor your father and your mother, it will not be well with you. <laughs> I don't know how to preach it. And if it is not well with you, you are cursed. We don't, we don't need to use the word C-U-R-S-E. If that's not well with you, you are cursed. And what does it mean to honor? You think it's to buy a toilet roll for your mother? <laughs> to buy a kiss for your father? Sometimes, not just being there to sit in front of somebody means that you have not honored him. If I call for a meeting and you don't come, you've not honored me. 
But if I'm not your father, then you are free. But if I happen to be your father, it's, it's, it's a problem for you. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, because the world is accursed, we must look for blessings. We must. You must. Because a blessing neutralizes a curse. A lot of the things which have placed you under a curse may be out of your influence. You may not be able to change it. But what you can do is to introduce so many blessings that the blessings can neutralize the effect of the curse. And one of such a source of blessing is being born again. I didn't say attending church on Saturday evening. You know, Satan's works in your life, Satan's plans, a curse in working in your life. There's nothing that is demonic that factors in the word of God or God. So when you introduce God into your life, you, you confuse the algorithms. You confuse the arrangement. The arrangement is that you must marry and come back home after three years. Because every woman in the family comes back home after three years. Uh, somebody sent me a text a few days ago. Said every firstborn male in my family has not done well. I said, Welcome to the club. You are quite looking at me. You, are, you know your family. You know what is inside your family. There are many families you cannot rise above a certain level. Where if, if you try to rise above, no matter where you are, they will bring you back to the family house. Say family house. And there's a particular room. Even if you are in Canada, you will end up in that room with a stroke. Beautiful. <laughs> But when you get born again, you confuse that arrangement. So you see that in your family, every firstborn is like that. But you are just different. Because the blood of Jesus on your life, in your life, must make a difference. A thousand in your family shall fall at thy side. And ten thousand cousins at thy right side. But if you do not, if you, if you do not tell their line and you give your life to Jesus, you will be different. Otherwise, you will end up like them. Their families were sisters. Each of them has a particular type of marriage. Takatuma kataba. Their families. Once you cross 40 and you are a second born male, you must go mad. But there is power in salvation. And that is 
That is why the devil is always trying just to get you to attend church and not be born again. Just go to church. Don't mind them as they are talking, born again, read your Bible, pray every day, don't do this, forgive, they serve God. And so, no, just go to church. Well, get nice clothes and go to church. That's all, just do that. So she said, you are in church, but you are not different from your cousins in town. You are in church, but what is happening to your big sister who doesn't go to church is the same. There is a blessing for you. And my dear friend, I want us to look at one way a blessing comes to a believer. One way. One way. Exodus. Turn your Bible as we close to Exodus. Exodus. Chapter 23. Have you found it? Exodus. Chapter 23. And verse 25. 23, 25. Two odd numbers. And ye shall serve the Lord. Your God. Kadama Sata. And he. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. Hey, how could I have forgotten to tell you this? Before closing. Only God is the source of a blessing. Only God. (laughs) There is no job. Get it right, sir. Millionaire. There is no job that can bless you. Being a doctor doesn't mean you are blessed. Get it right. Earning a contract and winning a contract for $2 million doesn't mean you are blessed. The only person who blesses is God. Going to the university does not mean you are blessed. If a blessing truly is a thing that is conducive to your happiness, then I can tell you that being a pharmacist doesn't mean you are blessed. You can have money and you are not blessed. The only source, read your Bible carefully, no man can bless you. Only God will bless you. And his agents, legitimate agents. He said, I 
I will bless you. So you see, the Jews, the Jews. I, there was a time in my life I was reading a lot of things. And I got to know that there is no area in life, whether it is gardening, carpentry, sewing, plumbing, law, medicine, tiling, at the top of every endeavor of life is a Jew. I mean, the people who, the authority, if it's gardening, the, the, the world's topmost authority in gardening is a missile bomb or a Cossack, a Jew. Is it sewing of clothes, making of suits? Is it? What is it? At the top of every endeavor is a Jew. Because a Jew understands that you don't need to be a doctor to be blessed. Just whatever your hand touches is blessed. Because when there's a blessing on you, you can sell tomatoes and own machines. It's those who are not blessed who must steal money or forge documents that they are doctors. When a Jew is a carpenter, he rises to the top and makes the finest furniture in the world. That is what is called a blessing. And when you get born again, God wants you to, God wants to elevate your life also to that level that you too, whatever, whether it is onions, whether it is photography, whether it is sweeping, sweeping of the ground, it's a blessing, it? wants to bless you wants to bless you. You want to study law. For what reason? Why do you want to study law? Does your blessing come from being a lawyer? Forget about it. Why, are you in, why do you want to be a doctor? So you can be blessed. Monday morning, go to every torture station. You will find lawyers fighting to enter torturers. And shoemakers are millionaires. I want us from today to understand that only God blesses a man. Only God. Only God. And how does he bless you? He said, and you shall serve the Lord. Your God. Serve him. There is something called serving God. Don't change it to being kind or being good. Or I mean, serve God. That what you are doing is in God's interest. In the interest of his house. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15.58 Be steadfast. Unmovable. And you see that word there. Always abounding. In the work of the Lord. There is something called the work of the Lord. 
Don't change it to being a good typist. The work of the Lord. You can work for God. Don't change the work of the Lord to being a good lawyer. The work of the Lord. Working for him. Serving him. There is a place, Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 11. There's a place God has chosen to put his name there. There is a place God has chosen to put his name there. And that place is not your clinic. It's not Kolebuti in hospital. Stop it. He will move there once a while. But there is a place he has chosen to cause his name to dwell there. And that place, those who serve there are blessed. Look for a broom. Look for a broom. And try and sweep the church. Try and help to arrange the church. Do something in the church. Serve God. Try. 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 And stop rat racing with unbelievers. I'm not saying leave your job as a doctor. Say, we need you in the hospital. Go to the theater and cut that patient. He needs surgery. But make sure you are serving God in, the, in this house. There are some people God will call them to give themselves. Jesus was a carpenter. He was a carpenter for 30 years. And he became full time for three years before he died. If a carpenter can come full time, then a lawyer can also stop law and come full time. Not everybody is called into full time ministry. Paul was a lawyer. He stopped practicing law. In fact, when he did that money, he didn't even go back to his chambers. He began to make tents. (laughs) So there are some people who are fishermen. God calls to stop fishing and serve in his house. But most of us, God will not let you stop carpentry. God will not let you stop what? What do you do? A banker. No. As you are a banker, there is something you can do in the church. You can sing for God. You can teach some converts. You can teach a believer. You can help to have a crusade. You can tune some instruments. You can do something for God. Don't, don't, don't sit in the church because you see, your blessing is in it. Your blessing is in it. That's how we are blessed. That's how we are blessed. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 14. You have said it is vain to serve God. It is useless to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have worked monthly before the Lord of hosts? You say, it's useless to serve God. And what profit do we get from obeying him? Ah, I see. Verse 15. Verse 15. And now, now, because, and there are people like that. Who call the proud happy? And they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. It's like your, 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 your view of life is upside down. Verse 16. Then, they that fear the Lord speak one to another. The Lord heard it. And the book of remembrance was opened. 
Verse 17. And they shall be mine, said the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewels, God knows those who have time for him. God knows those who sacrifice for him. God knows those who serve him. They shall be mine. And I'm, and I'm about to show you who the they are. In that day, when I make up my jewels, I'm about to show you who are the jewels of God. I will spare them. I'm about to show you the people God spares. As a man spares his own son that served him. Not just his son. No man just pays in just any son. It's the son that serves him. Be known, those who are watching me. Try to be known as someone who serves God. I don't mind if you are known as a lawyer. I don't mind if you are known as a politician. I don't mind if you are known as a church or driver. But also try, try to end that title as a person who serves God. You become a jewel to God. Sadika tapataba. I will spare them. Take kolaba. What does it mean to spare? It means the, the judgment and the, and, the, and, the, and the punishment that must be on you. Because you are serving me, I will dislodge that punishment from you. I will spare them as a man spares his son that serves him. And finally, verse 18. Then, when you go and you return, you will descend between that there is a difference. You will know that there is a difference between a righteous person. You see, but before that, you, know, you remember they said that you call those who are proud happy. And those who are wicked are set up in high places. But you give yourself a little time. A little time. Have you not seen we girls, when we start, we are 18, 22. And you are SU with your nice dress. And then there's one of you who has a married man as a boyfriend. She got Gucci bag, Gucci shoes, Gucci whatever. She moves around, high heels. Then it's like you and I and I, the we, we are some sound class. But it's a matter of time. Sadiyama Katababa. I said, it's a matter of time. Let's give ourselves 20 years, 30 years. You will know that there's a difference between the girl who kept herself pure. There's always, it may not be seen today. But it's a matter of time. Don't try and just go today. Give yourself time. When Absalom was chasing his father through the forest for a long time, the whole of Israel knew that he was a great guy. When Absalom spoke, there was silence in Israel. And his father was timid, hanging, going into caves, running. By, by now he's in a pit. But there was a day. There's always a day there'll be a difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God. A day came. Absalom was hanging between heaven and earth. The heavens were not prepared to receive him. The earth didn't want him also. He was hanging. 
while we wait, it looks like the wicked and the righteous are the same. In fact, it looks like the wicked is better than the righteous. While we wait, it looks like the people who are serving God and those who don't serve God are the same. In fact, it looks like those who don't serve God rather have time for their wives. They have time for their children. They have time. One day, I asked a brother, I said, so all this, you won't help, you won't do every day, your children, your children. By the way, what grade did your son have in the washing? What grade? He mentioned this, that, that. I said, really? I was expecting all A's. All is we who are not at home to these children, who are, who are irresponsible for this, always in church working and preaching. Where are our children? And you that at the church, you are at home, your children are at the back of the car, taking them home, taking them for swimming, taking them for polo dancing, polo dancing. Where are your children? So that it will be known that when your life turns out right, it's not because you are a good parent, it's not because you are a good father, it's not because you care for your children well, but there is a God who blesses your life. And when we serve Him, when we serve Him, but before the time comes, it will look as if you who lives, who doesn't serve God, it's like you are, you rather have time. And we have living, you are living a stressed life, but you go and go. When you return, you will know that there is a difference between the sister who served God and the sister who did not serve God. My dear friend, may you trigger a blessing. Trigger a blessing. Yeah, did you hear the keyboard? That brother who is playing the keyboard, he's supposed to be different. From a pharmacist who doesn't play the keyboard in church. Who doesn't have, do anything in church. Who just sits at the back with his wife and his children and their children's church. After church, they go and pick them and go. And he is at, in the church and he closes at midnight. There must be a difference. But while we are at it, you may not see the difference. But when you, you go and come. Tell your neighbor, go and come. Go and come. Go and come. Say, go and come. Say, give me time, give me time, give me time. You will know that those who serve God are different from those who do not serve God. My sister, try and serve God. Do something. Clean the toilet. Usher in the church. Take offerings without stealing. Teach some converts. Sweep the church. Find something to do. And when God sees you, you will be special to him. As special, he says, a day will come, I will gather my jewels. May you be a jewel of God. May you be a jewel of God. I came to you today to say to you that God wants to bless you. He didn't save you to curse you. He didn't save you to do you evil. There's a way we are blessed. We are blessed not by chasing and rat racing in town. But we are ble- Go to work. Go to school. Do your things in town. But find something in the house of God to do. Then your blessing shall come. Rise your feet.
serve God. Serve the interest of God. It's not by being a lawyer. Nobody is blessed by being a doctor. Oh, what are you talking about? Whatever your hand finds to do, I'll bless it. Read. Go. You can Google. The, the best sweeper in the world is likely to, a Jew will be in the group. <laughs> sweepers, sweepers. Those who sweep New York. I'm sure there's a Jew among them. And he's richer than all of them. Can you lift up your two hands? So we can close and go home. Those of you who are serving God, pray that you will continue to serve him. And you will do more for him. It's marvelous in our eyes. It's marvelous. The one in the church who doesn't have time for his children, the children are passing. And the one doing homework at home, the children cannot pass the exam. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. The one who always gives a tenth of his money to God, to the synagogue, it's, it's a millionaire. And the one who is always keeping his money doesn't have money. It's, it is wonderful. It's wonderful. The one who blocks Saturday. Saturday. Do you know Saturday? You don't know Saturday. The one who blocks Saturday and says that I will not work on Saturday. He has more money than the one who works seven days a week. It's marvelous. Please lift your hands. It's marvelous indeed. He says, I won't work. The day there's, I mean, business is, is, is at its highest. He says, I won't work. And he has more money than those who have added Saturday to Monday to Friday. Ebe. 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 So that you will learn to obey God. You will learn to give to God. Your time, your money, your talent, your gifts. How long do you have to live? Some of you dancing stars should be full-time basenta leaders. Even to stop dancing. Stop it and let some new converts come and dance. And you go to sort your area and be a basenta leader there. Serve him well. I'm telling them, mommy. Can you lift your hands and pray? Just pray. Just pray yourself. Pray. I, mean, I don't know what you heard tonight. Yes. You can continue your rat race. Continue. Father, give us the grace to serve you, Lord. So you will know there's a difference. No one should forget Malachi 3:18. There, you go and come. Go and come. There, you see there's a difference between the children of the one who serves God and the children of the one who didn't serve God. Please lift your hands and let's pray. Pray for yourself. So we can close and go we are not saying stop your medicine no 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 but try join the ashes in the church arrange chairs that's all spend a day extra to arrange chairs for god for god for god for god and as every head is bowed and every hand down please every hand down and every eye closed every eye closed every eye closed if you are here and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior you are not born again 
you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again today. If you are here, you want to give your life to Christ. You came with your friend. You came on your own. You've been coming all this time. You want to be born again today. Please lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Lift your hand. Yes. You want to be born again. Lift it high. High above your head. High. Lift your hand high. Pastor, pray for me. I see your hand, mommy. I see your hand, my sister. God bless you. I'm about to pray. I'm about to lead you to take the most important decision of your life. The most important decision of your life. Lift your hand. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. I want to know Jesus as my Lord. I want to surrender my life. I want to surrender my all. Surrender to Jesus. All to Jesus. All to Jesus. If your hand is up, wherever you are, if your hand is up, I want you to come to me right now. Come. Take your book, take your Bible, and come to me. Come. Come to me. Keep clapping your hands. Come to me here. Come to Jesus. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Please lift your two hands. I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Oh, everyone join my sister. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for today. I thank you for today. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my salvation. I've heard your word today. I've heard your word today. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I declare. I declare that you are my master. That you are my master. You are my lord. My lord. Today. Today. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Please change my life. Please change my life. I want to save you. I want to save you. I want to receive you. I want to receive you. I want to be your child. I want to be your child. Today, today, you are my master, you are my master, my father, my father, my lord, my lord, and my savior. My savior. I am born again. I am born again. It's a new life. It's a new life. I will never be the same again. Never be the same. And above all, and above all, when I die, when I die, I will go to heaven. I will go to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this great salvation. For this great salvation. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. I'll save you. I'll save you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. What's your name? Your name is what? Oh, Presbyterian way of mentioning the name. Eva. Is today your first time? Today's your first time. Who invited you to church? Or you came yourself? You came with your master. Your master. And Jesus is now your master. So where's your master? Wow. Are you happy you came to church? Will you come again? You see our pastor standing there? You see him? He's with this one. He's going to talk to you and help you to grow. They will visit you. They will pray for you. And if you have questions, you can ask him. He's now your new father in the church also. So please go to him. Clap your hands for Eva. Don't stop clapping for Eva. 
Oh, your hand clap is not exciting at all. I want Eva to feel that we are happy she came. Take out your communion. It's time we come to church. It's an opportunity for us to come to the Lord's table. So when you are coming to church, make sure you bring your elements. I think Reverend Lester, I would like you to always post this on the pages as a reminder to bring the communion elements. It's very important. Yes, you are the pastor of the service, so you must do what is right. Please lift up your bread. We've come to the Lord's table. The night before Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he said, take it. Eat. This is my body which was broken for you. After the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had served, he said, this is the cup of blessing. The blood of the new covenant. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you remember the Lord's death. That's why tonight we are eating. Can you lift up your bread and say, This is the body of Christ? This is the body of Christ. Or oh, can you say, This is the body of Christ? This is the body of Christ. As I eat it, as I eat it, I'm joining myself to the body. I'm joining myself to the body. Joining myself to the church. Joining myself to the church. I will help to build the church. I will help to build the church. My blessing is in building the church. My blessing is in building the church. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The bread of life. The bread of life. Let's eat it. The meal of God. Oh. It will sustain you. It will make you whole. It will give you life. Lift your cup. When I see the blood, oh, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Yeah, I will pass over you. Evil is passing over you now. Ooh, Wickedness is passing over you now. Say the blood of Christ for my protection. Because of this blood, my blood will not be spilled. The blood of Jesus, the cup of blessing. Let's drink it. Yeah, pass over you. And as you lift your hands, I declare that as you drank from the cup of blessing, a blessing follows you. A blessing goes before you. Amen. Receive deliverance from evil. Every wickedness planned with your name on it. Passes over you in the name of Jesus. Be set free. Be delivered. Receive exemption. Receive supernatural escape. And may the body you have eaten bring you healing and strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands. Oh, keep keep clapping, keep clapping. Beautiful. Oh, don't stop clapping. Because I'm about to ask you to take your seat as you clap your hands once again.
beautiful.